Well, this is a, a Sunday that gets a, a fancy name, if you are in the Christian calendar. This is Pentecost Sunday, uh, which is fancy language for saying it's 50 days after Easter. <laughs> uh, fun of Penta, you might kind of be able to put that together. Um, but we have been walking from uh, Holy Week and Good Friday and Easter, and we've made it our way till today. Before I read this text, I just want to remind everyone what's been going on in 50 days. Um, maybe think about like in our own times, like it hasn't been that long uh, that Russia and Ukraine have been in war and conflict. Uh, and it's enough time that your brain has probably gone through different m- thoughts and feelings and seasons around that of uh, maybe you thought about it a lot, maybe it goes to the back burner, maybe when you go to the gas station or other times you start thinking about what's going on in the world. Um, but think about 50 days for those disciples. They saw uh, Jesus' friend, his disciple, betray him. They saw Jesus crucified. They thought everything was over, that they had lost. So that even when Easter comes, they don't even believe the story fully until they get to experience it for themselves. And they experience the risen Jesus who says, I've got a mission for you. I've got a calling for you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And when that spirit comes, know that you will receive that power to go share that message. And so today we have the disciples and the community there gathered together and God moves. So would you read with me? We're going to read Acts 2 and I'm going to read from verse 1 and following. When the day of Pentecost had come and they were all together in one place, Suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and and a tongue rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were some devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one of them heard speaking in their native language. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all of these people who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with some new wine. And Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them and said, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these people are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in these days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist, 
The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, but all of that before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This text is read just about every single year in just about every church, which is the joy and the challenge of, uh, if you've been around church life, you've probably heard this story a bunch of times. Uh, But there's a reason that those certain texts that we read every year keep coming back up, because they are so powerful. They have so many different facets to them, different angles of meaning, of value, of of calling us into new life. And this is one of those stories that I look forward to each and every year. And this story starts when some people gather together in one place. And all those people gather together, and sure, it's a holiday weekend for them. There's festivals going on. They've probably got their meals planned. They've got family in town. But do they truly have any way of imagining what's going to happen to them that day? And I think that there's a beauty in just even that context for everybody of whenever you gather together, whether that's as church and community, whether that's just family reunions or whatever that looks like of gathering together, to think that maybe this isn't just any ordinary gathering. Maybe something powerful might happen. What if God's Spirit just rushed in here and just took over. And the beauty of this story is they get this all these like powerful signs. It's like Moses and Mount Sinai. Uh, it's these great grand moments of theophanies, of God's appearance to people, where you have to try to give as much language as you can to describe what's happening, but it's all, it's all grasping at something that they don't know how to articulate fully. And so there's a hurricane wind type storm that comes flying through. Someone's like, did we leave the doors open? How are the windows open? What's going on? This wind just fills the room. And for some of you, you know, I I recently got a a drone. I want to start going and testing it out. And they have certain max speeds that they can fly in. Uh, They're usually quadcopters. They got four different kind of like helicopter wings. And I think mine's like 23, 24 miles per hour. If you go and winds more than that, that cannot fly strong enough to survive the wind. And nobody in that room could fly fast enough to get out of God's way in this story. God's wind just takes over. And the fire that comes in, they're like, okay, well, there's something like fiery tongues. How do I talk about what's happening in this moment? And I love the beauty of adding this note that these tongues, these fiery tongues, they come onto each person. They're talking about, it's not just the people that you expect to become empowered. It's not just like, well, you know, Peter's a good speaker. Let's just embolden him a little bit more. But every single person gathered has this intimate image from God that yes, you too are a part of this. Yes, you too receive this power. And something amazing happens for them. Suddenly they just start talking all sorts of languages. So I don't know what that room must have felt like. You're at a dinner gathering, you're at a community gathering, and suddenly these people that you know, who grew up in towns that you know, start speaking Hindi and Mandarin and and Spanish, and you're just like, what is happening here? And 
I think all of us long for like, wouldn't it be just amazing if we could just learn something like that? Just a whole language in an instant. And for me, I, I can't help but think like one of the classic images of learning something in an instant is uh, Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. Uh, they have this, these things where they can plug into computers in the back of their head and they just run software installs and you can learn whatever they install into you. And so uh, the famous line, he gets this install and he goes, I know Kung Fu. And they're like, show me. Uh, but you can learn how to fly a helicopter. You can learn how to do martial arts. You can learn how to do all of these fighting techniques. And yet God's download and installation into the disciples is not how to fight. Because they sure wanted to fight Rome off. They didn't learn good sword techniques. They didn't learn how to ride chariots. God says, you've got to learn how to communicate. Instant download, language acquisition, Duolingo, Rosetta Stone would be envious, instantaneous, start talking in other languages. And what a beautiful, beautiful image. And it really resonates when you think about the lasting, concluding image that the book of Revelation gives is Jesus who comes and conquers enemies not with might, but with the sword of his mouth. That the empowering of the Spirit is one that brings truth, that brings good news, that, that people might speak and be understood. Anybody feel like just people don't understand me? The ability to speak and people understand. Because at a root cause of a lot of our sin, a lot of our falling short, a lot of our broken systems is the fact nobody can talk. Think about every political divisiveness. People are talking at each other but never with each other. Think about if you've got a friendship or a family relationship that you've just never been able to repair, you're like, I wish we could just talk it out. And the beauty of the power of the Spirit coming and saying, I'm going to be in your speech. And you're going to learn how to talk and to communicate to even people you wouldn't expect to talk to. And so these disciples are speaking all these languages, and it draws a crowd. Because people are wondering, wait, I think I hear my own language. And this is so natural. If you were, uh, you know, if you're an English speaker, if you went to another country and you're in the market, you're trying to learn how to ask, how to buy something. You're trying to learn how to say hello, what's up? Uh, how are you doing? How's your day? You're trying to learn any little, any little language you can. And you suddenly hear someone a little, a few tables over start talking English and your ears are going to perk up. You're going to be like, who is that? I want to go talk to this person. They speak my language. And so the disciples are talking in all these languages, and you've got all of these crowds there for the festival, and people are like, wait a minute. I hear my language. Wait, who's there? I want to go find out who's there. And they show up, and it makes no sense to them who's there. You're not from where I'm from. Why are you speaking my language? Wait, these are Galileans. And, you know, other gospel stories, they, they hint these kind of languages of people don't necessarily always think as highly of parts of Galilee. Oh, what are these untrained people doing? How do they speak these languages? How do these Galileans speak in my language? And so I appreciate that there's at least one little note, because up until now, we've had no context of what on earth are they saying? 
We hear what language they're talking in, the language of all these people. But don't you want to know, what are they talking about? Is it, you know, the, the like teenage humor of you learn a new language, you want to know what all the words you shouldn't say are? What are you going to say in this new language? How are you going to use this power, this, this spirit-given power? And it says that the people say, they keep talking about the powerful deeds of God. God's mighty acts, God's power. And that's a beautiful thing in its own because for so many of us, you level up, you get a new power, you get a new ability, you learn how to do something new, and you think, aren't I great? Anybody want to see all of my great, wonderful deeds, my actions? But in this moment where they suddenly are speaking all these languages, they can't help but talk about how great God is. Isn't God amazing? Look what God has done. That's such a beautiful check for us. Of you've, you've gotten to a new moment in your life. You've learned a new skill. You've gotten a promotion. You got whatever it is that you were hoping for. Instead of feeling really popped up about it, say, hey, everybody, you need to hear about me. What is it to always point towards God and say, hey, look at who God is. Isn't God powerful? And so the people in the story are quite wondering about what on earth to think about all of this. And it's still one of my favorite things of scripture that it, that it, you know, Luke could have written anything about the time of Jesus and the time of the disciples. And he includes for us that the disciples are going to get accused of being drunk on Pentecost. It's such a fun thing that it gets into this text. Like what is up with these Galileans? Those guys must have really started drinking and partying early today. You know, I think about festivals and, you know, maybe think about like July 4th for us or something of like, oh, people go out, they're cooking out, there's going to be fireworks. It's a long day. Man, you started drinking way too early today. That's, maybe that's what's going on. They don't really know what they're saying. It's just commotion. And Peter has to get up and he has to tell them something. And he says, you know, it's, it, it is too early. They haven't been drinking, I promise you. Here instead is what's going on. And he reads them a beautiful text from a prophet who was prophesying to communities who experienced brokenness, who experienced life not like how God imagined and created it to be. It, it wasn't quite living that fulfillment out yet. But that prophet and Peter in speaking this into Pentecost say, God has a different plan. God has a bigger vision than whatever you expect it to be. And so what's going on right now? God's Spirit is going to be poured out on all flesh. What a powerful line. People love to limit who God's Spirit's going to speak through, what it looks like. Does somebody have to, you know, is it a certain uh, a beauty level? You know, if you think about pictures of Jesus, how many people have seen a portrait of Jesus where Jesus looks ugly? Doesn't happen very much, right? We have these notions about who are the kinds of people God's going to use. What do they look like? Is it a guy? Is it a girl? Is it a young person? Is it an old person? Is it a person that's really wealthy? Is it a person who's completely poor? Are they free? Are they slaves? And Joel says out loud, into a society that is not equal, God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And that's a radical thing to say. 
And we know it from our own community's histories. We know that it's not always been easy for people to be equal. And it's still a struggle. But God says, no matter what society sets up, no matter who you think is powerful, who you think gets a voice, every single person is a possibility of God's Spirit coming and speaking through them. And so this story is about the end of the gatekeepers. There's always gatekeepers that say who, who gets in, who gets out, who gets a voice, who doesn't. And so society has expectations around those things. And God says, I'm going to go past all of that. And I'm going to make them talk and you're not going to be able to stop me. The winds are too strong. That spirit, that breath just moves too fast and you can't keep it out. And so when you think about last week, if you were here with us, we we read a story where the disciples are like, well, I'm supposed to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. You know, we're down a disciple. Do you think we should replace Judas? I think we need one more. Let's, let's get one more. And God's like, that's great. Sure, Matthias is a part of your team. But let me exponentially blow your plans out because it's not just going to be you 12. Every single person gathered there. Now, I know you didn't listen to the women at the resurrection at the tomb, but they get the Spirit too. Guess what? They're going to speak in other languages. They're going to prophesy. The people, so like Eustace, who didn't get picked last week, guess what? As long as he was still gathering together with them, he gets the spirit he gets to talk to. Every sort of limitation of saying, okay, we think this is the group, God is going to keep breaking those barriers down, keep spreading his his love, his message, his power beyond where we expect. And so God pours out that spirit on all flesh, sons and daughters, young and old, slaves and free. And I think it's important for us to be reminded of that each year because we need to be reminded that there are people that might not look like you or me who God is speaking through. And that's why it's so valuable to maybe read widely, to to not just consume the same kind of news, not just consume the same kind of, of stories. But in this world where it's not just like in Pentecost where gatekeepers are kind of being disappearing, you know, they're disappearing, but we live in a world where gatekeepers are going away too. We live in a world where it used to be you needed a, like a record album like for a studio to come and give you a big contract. But now you can just open up a SoundCloud account, open up Spotify accounts, and just upload music straight to the web. Say, hey, I'm a musician. I'm going to see if I can get an audience. It used to be you needed a big book publisher to publish your books. Now you can say, I just want to publish straight to Amazon, see if anybody wants it. It used to be the news channels were the only main source and the newspapers were the only main source of news. And for better, for worse, you know, people on TikTok and Twitch and Instagram live and like influencers are commentating on the news for people. We live in a world where gatekeepers seem to be falling apart and they're not really there in the same way anymore. And yet, for many of us, does it still feel like a struggle to find your voice? Like there's not really people in your way anymore. You can go onto Facebook, you can write whatever you want. You can go on Instagram, post photos, whatever you want. You can make your own podcast. You can do all sorts of stuff. You can have a voice. And yet, a lot of us don't use it that much. And I think one of the realizations in this story for me 
is that we are not just bound by external gatekeepers. For some of us, our internal gatekeeper is the strongest. That we, we hold out the spirit and say, yeah, God, I, I don't really know if I want to talk to that person right now. And we're like trying to fly against the wind of the spirit coming for us, right? God, I don't know if I can talk about this. Oh, what if they think I'm weird? If I talk about church, are they going to think I'm, a, I'm one of those people? And we internally close ourselves in. Say, God, I, I don't know if I can talk about this. So what is it if we all were to be like this scene of Pentecost? Say, God, your spirit, rush past me, rush over me. Let your voice come out. Let me find the words. I'll trust you. I'm going to talk to that friend, that neighbor, that coworker, that family member. I'll trust you. Because I think for so many of us, we, we try to see how much we can close those windows, close the doors, see if I can just wait it out. Maybe God will ask somebody else to talk to them. And the beauty of this, you know, of, of God's timing of today is we are in the midst of a city that's having its own festival today. We've got a rose parade going on today. And so it might not be people from all over the Roman Empire coming into town, but we got people from all over Jackson coming to town who have different languages. Sometimes it's within English, speaking different languages, different culture, different, different ways of seeing the world. You've got all these people coming around to our, our doorstep, basically. The question is, is, what does the Spirit call us to? Does the Spirit call us to talk about what God's power, what God's transforming power can do? Now, I would love to see us coming out of this place, going out, being that welcoming spirit, giving out free lemonade, giving out free popcorn, giving out joy, saying, hey, we love you. We're glad you're coming by. We hope you enjoy the parade. Uh, we hope you enjoy. You know, just, and if somebody asks, why are you doing this? It's okay to not be bashful and say, I just can't help it. God, you know, God loves me so much that I just want to show other people that God loves you. You know, whatever your story is, why are you out there? Why do you care? Why on Wednesday nights for the cafe, why do we want to give people that kind of experience? Instead of just, yeah, I don't really want to get into it too much, of just being honest of here's why. And I would love for people to see the joy of our community passing out lemonade and popcorn to them saying, they must have put something in that lemonade. Is that Baptist church folk? Are they drunk? What's going on over there? <laughs> Something's different about them. They seem really joyful. What's going on? You say, no, no, trust us. Lemonade's not, it's not hard lemonade. It's just regular lemonade today, everybody. But there's a reason God has pushed us out the doors to give this out. And maybe, just maybe, we might extend our conversations, our communications, uh, because God calls us to do it, and because we desperately need it. I think one of the beautiful images of Scripture is Genesis saying, humanity's first struggle is about feeling alone. There's something really powerful about what God does to empower you is to help you talk to people so you don't feel so alone 
and they don't feel so alone. And so I want to encourage you to use your voice. God pours out God's Spirit on all flesh. You don't get an exclusion list there. Say, oh, uh, but not me, right? God pours out His Spirit on you. The same Spirit that was on them also guides you, empowers you, calls you. May you remember that power, and may you not become your own gatekeeper. May you just can't help yourself. you got to go outside of those walls. you got to go into Jerusalem. you got to go into Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, because everybody needs to know that they're not alone, and that God loves them. So may that be our, our speech and our life action today. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we are gathered together today longing for you to to move in and through us. Let your spirit call us out to our neighbors, to our families, to our friends. Lord, help us to talk about what you've done in our lives. Help us not to forget. Help us not to be unable to see how you are at work in our lives. Lord, give us a story where we can celebrate who you are, where we can celebrate your wonderful acts. And Lord, let us not be afraid. Let us not be afraid of what others might say, what they might think. Let us go running into your arms and running to extend our arms to those also in need. Lord, we thank you for this day. It's in your most blessed name we pray. Amen.